Welcome to 1000 Reasons for Feeling Awe, a podcast that takes you on a journey through life as you know it, with the intention of making you perceive this very same life in a radically new light. Our mission is to help you regain your lost sense of wonderment. We've invited established experts from diverse fields to share their unique perspective on awe. Through this project, we aim to flood you with positivity, meaning, and optimism in a challenging age while strengthening the relationship between human consciousness and the planet. Join us in this colorful, sensual, and light adventure and experience countless staggering reasons for feeling awestruck. Hello, everyone. I am so honored to have the opportunity to interview stem cell biologist Bruce Lipton for 1000 Reasons for Feeling Awe. Bruce Lipton is an internationally recognized leader in bringing, bridging a science and spirit. Among his publications, fascinating publications, he is the best-selling author of the biology of belief and the honeymoon effect. He has engendered numerous intriguing insights into the mental ways in which we can control our biology, offering synthesis of the latest and best research in cell biology and quantum physics, demonstrating how epigenetics is revolutionizing our understanding of the link between mind and matter, and helping us to maintain what he calls the honeymoon effect. I like that, the state of bliss, passion, energy, and health throughout our entire lives. So Bruce, if I, if I may, I think that your life work as a whole is driven by a profound sense of awe. If I'm not mistaken, I read that you once said that the way cells functions demonstrates the existence of God. So, or, or our connection with God. Our connection with God. Yes, yes. I see, I see. So I've recently watched a, a video of yours titled I Human. I think a, a very significant statement that deals with the rising challenge of artificial intelligence. And in this video, you say that what distinguishes us from machines, what is irreproducible about us, is that we came here to experience life and that our body is an extension of this spirit. So you ask in this video, why should we look for transhumanism when our human bodies can do miracles that machines cannot even think of doing. So I think we can say that a part of human intelligence is the ability to experience awe. Well, that, that's the, the joy, the reward uh, of uh, living a, a life in harmony every day you wake up. It's like, wow, this is so beautiful. Uh, and it is. Except if you turn on the news, then it doesn't look so beautiful anymore. Mm -hmm. But um, these are manipulations. And um, the program, mm -hmm. unfortunately, for people is society, civilization is running under a situation where we as humans are disempowered, where we feel that we are victims of a world and that things happen and we just have to go, ah. And I go, mm. this is totally untrue. Mm. And if you believe you were a victim, well, it's called biology of belief for a reason. If you believe you're a victim, then you manifest victim in your life. But how about changing that picture? Mm. How about uh, manifesting you are a creator? Oh, I see. So, program. so so you're saying that, that our sense that we live in an ever-darkening world is actually uh, misguided, that we are simply, in a way, uh, manipulated into this kind of perception, or even manipulating ourselves. 
Yes, it's the way our culture is uh, is living, the culture of the whole planet, not just any one country, the culture. Let me give you a reason why you look around and the world is crazy. There's a reason, okay? And I here's the reason. To support civilization today, just like everybody in every country just live the way they are living today, requires 1.6 planet Earth to provide the resources. Well, the problem is, of course, there's no extra 0.6 planet Earth. So it says we are living beyond the ability of the planet to sustain us. We're destroying the environment. We're destroying the garden that we came from. We didn't get added to a garden. We were created from the garden. Uh, mm. And why this is so important is very obvious. If we're created from the garden, then what happens if the garden is lost? So are we. <laughs> so the idea is this. We're living out of harmony. And the disharmony is causing us to go extinct at this moment. That's what's going on in the world. It's crazy right now. Mm. Scientists in the United States from NASA, the scientists, say, and listen, this is important, that within 20 years, within 20 years, industrial civilization, that's that's the one we're in right now, is going to face, and listen to this word, an irreversible collapse of civilization. And I go, irreversible. I mean, we're not going back to, to the way it was because the way it was is causing the problem that we have today. We have to move forward. Hmm. And, and the thing we have to do is come back to recognize we came from a garden and we are now destroying the garden. Hmm. We're polluting the air, polluting the water, polluting the soil, taking all the nutrients out of the planet. Uh, uh, and then you say, well, how are you going to survive? I said, can't. <laughs> so I say, so what's the point? Well, we have to make a new civilization, one that is in harmony, harmony where people are in harmony with other people, another one where we are in harmony with nature. Why? Because a garden is not a battleground. A garden is the height of cooperation. That's what a garden is. It's everything cooperating. Well, we appear to be the ones that are not cooperating with the garden right now. And what you see is a very important stage. And I go, what do you mean? I say, it's crazy. You know, uh, you know, watch the news, surf the web, look outside your window. The world's crazy. I go, yeah, but the, the, it's, it's, there's a reason. <laughs> uh, we look at it and I say, oh, it's social, political upheaval, economic upheaval, religious upheaval, racial upheaval, even gender upheaval. Mm. And I'm going, all those are like trees. But if you pull back there's a force a bigger issue and that's the one i mentioned we cannot sustain human civilization the way we are living today we have to understand that each of us is a piece of this garden that each of us is connected to the all that is in the universe that uh most important let, let me just emphasize this because this is most important the most valid science on the planet today is quantum physics. I go, so? I go, the first principle of the most valid science mm -hmm. is that consciousness is creating our life experiences. I go, what, what, what does that mean? I say, well, if you change your consciousness, you change your life experiences. I go, yes. And mm -hmm. this is a wake-up call. A wake-up call where human civilization is pushing itself to the edge, and we have to wake up. And I say, wake up to what? What the physics just said. We are creators. And I say, we are the creators. That's a fact of science. And now let me just ask anybody out there, are you creating the most wonderful life? Are you experiencing the most wonderful life you can imagine? And I go, well, if you're not, I go, well, then why not? And the answer is, because you are unknowingly participating you are unknowingly co-creating the problem because of knowledge or more importantly the lack of knowledge mm -hmm. knowledge is power okay that's yep yeah knowledge is power i go let me say the same thing in a different way same thing <laughs> a lack of knowledge is a lack of power and i go why is that important because 
you don't understand the knowledge of who you really are because the programming that you grew up with has taken away the power from you, that you are a creator. That when we get into this, and I'm so glad that Shai has at least given me an opportunity, uh, I, I can show you something I never believed in in my whole life as a scientist. I go, what is it? I said, well, I never believed in spirituality. It was all molecules, genes, and chromosomes, and proteins, and cells. There was no spirituality. But the cells I were studying, the cells taught me. I said, what did they teach me? They said, number one, I control my genetics. I am not a victim of my heredity, okay? I can change my gene activity because I control genes. We, you were programmed. Misinformation, you were programmed. Oh, the uh, genes control the character of life. And I say, well, did you pick them? You go, I don't know. Can you change them if you don't like the character? I go, no, I can't do that. And then you were also programmed to believe that genes turn on and off by themselves. What knowledge is the conclusion of that? Just tell me the knowledge of the conclusion of that. And the answer is, you are programmed to be victims of your heredity. Oh my God, there's cancer running in the family. I could get a cancer gene. I have no control. I'm going to get cancer. And I, <laughs> and I go, that is the belief that genes control your life. All the diseases we have been blaming on genes. You want to hear a scientific fact? Less than 1% of all the disease in the world is even connected to genes. Less than 1%. So you want to say, as, then where's all the disease coming from? The stress of not living in harmony. That's where the disease comes from. And the important part about all this is, who are we? And this is what I also learned from the cells. Not only do we control our own genetics, but the cells show that evolution is not based on competition. Evolution is based on cooperation. It's a whole 180 degrees different belief you've been programmed with. Life is a struggle, compete, survival of the fittest. I go 100% false, 100% false. But you believed it and you made that belief real at this time. And we are now appearing to be the victims. We have no control over our health, that life is a struggle, war, fight, blah, blah, blah. Okay. And then we have been programmed to believe that there's a God and there's you, but you can't be connected to God. We have to put something in the middle to connect us, a church, a temple, or whatever. And you and I say, so what does that make you? Distant from God. That you're over here, God's over there, and you can't get there without the help of the guys in the middle to get you there. <laughs> I go, the new science, the new understanding that the cells revealed is that each one of us is a piece of God. I mean, what does that mean? Well, God's invisible, God's an energy. And I go, so are we. This is what quantum physics is all about. Everything hmm. is energy. Everything is energy. And you look at yourself and you say, I'm physical. I go, no, that's an illusion. <laughs> that's not true. You're made out of energy. And I go, why is that important? Because we left out the power of energy in the creation of our life experiences. And I'm going to tell you something which I learned from the cells. Very simple. Your cells have an identity to them. You. Okay, wait a minute. How do you know that? And I go, take your cells. And let's say I take my cells and put it into shy. My, his, let's say I give him a kidney, a lung, uh, whatever, a heart, whatever. Okay. Mm -hmm. When my cells go into shy's body, guess what his immune system is going to do and go, this is not self. And the immune system will get rid of it. It's not self. I said, the immune system knows self? Yeah. And how do you know? And, and this is this is the wake-up call that maybe the rest of the moments of time here we can focus on this. And the wake-up call was this. How come an immune system can tell if it's your cells or somebody else's cells? And I go, on the surface of your cells, not the red blood cells. That's why we can transfuse blood. That's not there. On your body's cells, on the surface of the cells, there are proteins that are like antennas, just like television set. And they're called self 
receptors. I say, well, how many are there? I say, well, maybe a dozen or more. I go, so why is that important? The self-receptors on your cells, you're the only one with those self-receptors. Another person has a different set of self. Every other person has a different set of self-receptors. I go, so, so what? I say self-receptors. These receptors don't tell you if it's muscle, bone, or skin. These receptors tell you if it's Bruce's cells or Shai's cells or your cells. I go, so, okay, I have these proteins on the surface. I go, now, what are the function? They're called receptors. I said, what's a receptor? Receiver. I said, then what are these protein antennas receiving? A broadcast, an energy field. That's what they read, energy field. But guess what? Your receptors read an energy field that is different than anybody else's receptors. They're reading their own energy field. Each of us has our own unique energy field. And I say field. It's not in the body. That's why the receptors are on the outside of the cell. They're receiving a signal from the outside. I go, what signal? Self? Yeah. No two people are receiving the same signals. No two people have the same set of antennas. I go, so wait. What does that mean? Well, here's an interesting fact. If I took my self-receptors, Bruce's self-receptors off my cells, I could transplant my cells into any one of you because they'll just be human cells, but they won't be Bruce's cells anymore. I go, identity? Is it in the receptors? I go, yes. But mm -hmm. it's not the receptors. It's the signal that the receptors are receiving. So analogy, perfect analogy. The body is a television set, and it's receiving a broadcast. I'm receiving the Bruce station, and you are now watching the Bruce show on the <laughs> Bruce television. And I go, yes, and now here comes the, get this, it's the most exciting part. You're watching the TV, and we say the TV breaks. It's not working. I say, oh, TV is dead. Is the broadcast still there? Of course the broadcast is still there. The broadcast is not in the TV, it's playing to the TV. But your identity is the broadcast. Then all of a sudden, I said, wait, then if my TV body dies, my identity is still the same broadcast it always was. You know, I can't die. What do you mean? I'm not in here. I'm the broadcast hmm. that is playing through here. And I say, this is going to lead to the most wonderful thing in a second, okay? I'm the broadcast. And, and I say, so why is this relevant? Because you're watching the Bruce show. And I say, but guess what? Um, you know, we, we want to go to Mars, but we can't get there. But we want to know what is life like on What would it be like to live on Mars? Think about this. We send up a, a device called the Mars Rover. It's like a, a go-kart or something with wheels and cameras and stuff. And I say, the guy at NASA, the scientist, sends a signal to the go-kart, the Mars rover. And it causes it to move this way and go here and go here. So the guy on Earth is moving the go-kart. I said, what about this thing, the rover? I say, oh, it has cameras to see. It has receptors to read the atmosphere. It has receptors to tell you what the temperature is. It can taste the soil and tell you what the soil is made out of. And I go, it's like a little human, a little machine. And it's running all over the surface of Mars. And it's sending back to the guy at NASA pictures, feeling, you know, what's going on? What's the temperature? What's, oh, it's the sun rising, blah, blah, blah. I say, the idea is NASA guy is not in the rover but he moves the rover around and mm -hmm. the signals from the rover go back to the NASA guy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now we are earth rovers. Mm -hmm. Our bodies are the rover, <laughs> but the NASA is where did the signal come from? And the signal is not from us. And with new technology, we always used to think our thoughts are inside our head because we could put wires on our head and read it. It's called the electroencephalograph, EEG. But there's a new device that reads 
the brain function. I go, what's it called? M-E-G, magnetoencephalograph. Reads brain function. I go, yeah, what's, you, what's so important? The probe is out here. I could read your brain function out here. I said, do you understand what I just said? Your thoughts are not in your head. Your thoughts are broadcast. Why? I could read your thoughts out here. And all of a sudden I say, so we're like the rover. We receive the signal from the source and we send the experience back. And so, look, I'm, I'm the cell biology guy. And all of a sudden I recognize, oh my God, I, I, I'm the spirit. I'm the energy field. Energy field and spirit have the same definitions. Field in quantum physics, spirit, same hmm. definition. What is it? invisible moving forces that influence the physical world. So I go, oh, you want to use the science term? A field called Bruce is coming. You want to use the other term? A spirit called Bruce is coming. They're both the same thing, okay? So I remember the day when I first recognized, oh my God, I'm not in here. Most importantly, what did I recognize at that one moment? I can't die. I'm not even in here. I'm the broadcast. And all of a sudden, the fear of death, which is the ultimate fear that humans have, because there's no organism other than a human that even knows it's going to die. Hmm. We're the only ones that know we're going to die. And that that's where the fear comes from. And I go, but so now at this moment, I'm sitting in my lab going, oh, my God, I'm a broadcast and, and I have a body. It's two separate things. And so I ask myself a question, science boy. I'm asking a question to myself. I say, why have a body? Why not just be the spirit? And I joke because this is when I say, this is when I found out I had Jewish comedian cells. I said, what do you mean? I asked a question, why have a body and a spirit? And the cells came back with a question. My cells asked me a question. My cells said to me, Bruce, if you're just a spirit, what does chocolate taste like? Now, you have to think about that for a minute because it's the most blow-away thing in the whole world. I go, what do you mean? I go, chocolate is from the device called the body. The body takes in chocolate and the cells take the chemistry, turn it into vibration, send it to the brain. That's what chocolate tastes like. What does the landscape look like? Oh, the eyes see the landscape, turn it into the brain, send it to electrical, and that sends back to the source. Taste. Put chemistry in, turns it into electrical vibration, sends it back to the source. And I say, oh my God, this is a virtual reality suit. You step into this body and you can feel and smell and taste. And I go, wow, this is great to have a body. Let's go outside and enjoy the world. It's a beautiful garden out there until we destroyed it. But the point about mm -hmm. it was what? What was the point? And it's going to come to a, here comes the conclusion. It's going to come right now. Get ready. Big conclusion. Your spirit is like the NASA side, the guy at NASA. Sent, your spirit is sending you a signal. The signal gives you the ability to move around. The signal gives you ability to have a wish and a desire. And I say, and what happens? Well, if you have a wish and a desire, go out and make it. Oh, you mean make it? Use this body? Yeah. This body is the job and everything we do, and we build, and we create, and we create. I go, you didn't get it. I just got it. I said, what is it? You don't die and go to heaven. You were born into heaven. This is heaven. Yeah. You know why? This is where you came to create. This is where you came to experience life and create and manifest. And I go, and that's because you've got this virtual reality suit that when you get into it, you can move and you can mm. create and do things. And I say, then just like quantum physics said, consciousness, our spirit working through this system, is what creates our experiences. And then I go, are you enjoying the heaven experience like every day? I am. Why? Because I learned to control the creation. And the idea is you have to recognize you are the creator of your life. Mm -hmm. 
but I go, you have choices to make. And we've also been programmed. Oh, I go, yeah. You know why? The brain is a computer. It is not like a computer. It is the ultimate computer. But guess what? It has the same things that are in your laptop computer. I go, what do you mean? I go, well, <clears throat> you have a hard drive. I go, yeah, what's in the hard drive? Programs. Okay. But you have a keyboard. Oh, yeah, that's where I can put in what I want to put in. So I say, whoa. So it's like a, a computer. I say, yeah, in the last trimester, three months before you're born, your brain computer screen lights up. It's booted up. This computer's working three months before you're born. I say, what does it do? I say, it can't do anything. I say, what do you mean? Well, in the old days, when you buy a brand new computer and you take it home and push start and it boots up, and now I say, you got a brand new computer, do something. And you go, like, what do you mean? Brand new computer. I say, first, I have to put programs into the computer before I can use the computer. Oh, yep. Before you can use your brain computer, you have to have programs in it. I go, where do you get the programs from? And the answer is, until you're age seven, through from zero to age seven, <clears throat> your brain is not working at thinking level. Your brain is at a lower vibration called theta, an electrical vibration. Mm. I say, what's theta? Hypnosis. Theta is hypnosis. I go, why? You're going to be a member of a family. Do you know all the rules you have to follow to be a member of a family? There are a lot of rules. You can't just do what you want. <laughs> and you want to join the community? You know there are a thousand rules of how to live in your community? I say, you're a baby. You're an infant. You can't even walk. I say, how are you going to learn those rules? Because you're going to be now the member of the family, and you're also going to be a member of the community. I say, how are you going to learn all those rules? Thousands. And the answer is, nature made the first seven years of our life a state of hypnosis, a state of programming. I go, what does that mean? Well, I grew up in my family, and, and uh, being a boy in my generation time, I watched my father. And I said, his behavior is the behavior of males. I watch my mother. I say, well, that's the females, okay? Mm -hmm. And I look at how my father works. I see how my mother works. I look at the world around me. I see how the community works. And I say, what? I don't see them. I'm programming them. I'm programming. I say, so what? That's how I learn the rules, okay? Now, here comes the problem. What if you got a bad download? <laughs> and I go, well, yeah, you know why? My father and mother had a dysfunctional relationship. Hmm. So what? Well, in my first seven years, I was observing my father and downloading his behavior. What did I download? Dysfunctional relationship. Why? I copied it. It was hypnosis. I downloaded it, right? I couldn't get a relationship for nearly 50 years in my life because at some point, my programming would manifest in the relationship and that would destroy it just like my family's, okay? So here's the point, ladies, gentlemen, people out here in the world. <laughs> you are a creator. You have two parts of that creation that are, represent the mind. The mind is the creator. I say, yeah, but you have two parts to that. I go, what part? And I go, well, you have the hard drive with the programs. That's part of the mind. And you have the creative mind, the one that's connected to your personal spirituality, your wishes and desires. I go, well, the programs and your wishes and desires may not be the same thing. Did copying my father as the programming, did he offer me the things I want in my life? Uh-uh. I didn't want his life. I want my life. Well, then his program in me doesn't take me to my life, does it? I go, no. But after your age seven, you can use this and then type into your computer what you want. And I go, oh, now I'm the creator. And I go, yeah. But guess what? Boom. I'll explain why you are the creator and you're living in what almost looks like hell. I'll tell you why. Because, you ready? The conscious creator mind, the one connected to your spirit, can think. What do you mean? I go, the, imagine just for one minute, your body is a vehicle with a steering wheel, okay? 
when the conscious mind is the driver looking out the window and driving, the conscious mind wishes and desires, the conscious mind will take you to wishes and desires. Okay? But the conscious mind can think. I say, so what does that mean? I say, well, when you're driving the car, you're looking out the window. But when you're thinking, you're not looking out. Thinking is looking in. A thought hmm. is inside. It's not outside. So I say, hey, Shy, today's Tuesday. Do you know what you're doing on Thursday? And if it's not written in front of you, Shy, at this moment, I know in a second you will think, and then you will tell me what you're doing on Thursday. And I say, but guess what? The moment you were thinking, thinking is inside. And all of a sudden I say, what does that mean? I said, then you're not looking out the window. I said, who's driving the car? <laughs> Actually, this is true. You could be driving the car, start thinking, and then all of a sudden you're not paying attention to what's on the mm -hmm. road. And I go, but guess what? The car's still going. You didn't kill anybody. I go, who's driving the car? This is the problem. When you are thinking, the subconscious is called autopilot. It grabs hold of the wheel and it will drive the car. It's a million times more powerful, a computer, than the conscious brain. Subconscious is more powerful. I go, so hmm. what's the point? We think 95% of the day. Now stop, and here's the reason why life is the way it is for you. 95% of the day you are thinking. So I say, well, how much time does that mean when the conscious, creative mind, how much time is that running the show, the wishes and the desires, the conscious, creative mind? I go, 5%. I said, well, wait, 95%? I'm not creating my life. I go, no, 95% of the time is the amount of time you spend thinking. I say, yeah, but if you're thinking, you're not looking out. And I go, yeah, if you're not looking out, who's running the show? The programs. Are the programs you? No. You downloaded them from other people. And so 95% of the day, you are not creating the life you want. You're mm -hmm. creating the life you've been programmed to create. And the programming came in the first seven years. And... I'm not a you know a Christian religious monkey guy. I I I but I will tell you there's a, a statement that the they're called the Jesuits. And the Jesuits have had this statement for 400 years, the absolute science of what I'm talking about. What did they say? Give me a child until it is 7 and I will show you the man. I go, what did that mean? Just what I just said. The first 7 years was programming. And the rest of your life, 95% is the program. So if I can program your first seven years, I own the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. And all of us have been programmed. And this is why Shai's here to wake up and say, get the hell out of that program because it's not serving you. Right now, you're living in stress. You're living in anxiety. You're living in concern. What's happening to the planet? It's falling apart. We're going to all, will I have enough money to, to live? Will I be able to get food? I go, you got a lot of worries here. <laughs> and I go, why? Because you see what's falling down. I say, we don't focus on what's falling down, folks. We focus on what we want to build. The falling down, that's going to happen. Why? Not sustainable. Can't keep doing what we're doing. New life over here. And you have to step out of that old life and step into a new life with new beliefs and new ways of looking at the world. And the new beliefs that have transformed my life are number one, the science of epigenetics. That's the science that shows your mind, your environment and your consciousness is shaping your genetics. Mm -hmm. You know, just very simple fact. There's not one gene that causes cancer. What? Yep. There's not one gene, then the whole thing that causes cancer. Yeah, but where's cancer coming from? I'm going to tell you right now, and listen to this. They looked at what happens when a baby is adopted into a family where there's cancer running in the family. And they say, what happens to the adopted baby? You ready? They'll get the same family cancer. But guess what? They came from totally different genetics. Mm -hmm. What's the point? <laughs> the cancer didn't come from the gene. The cancer came from the programming or misprogramming in that first seven years. And then the rest of their life, they have to live with this issue. The genes did not cause cancer. You change your consciousness, you can get rid of the cancer.
It's the consciousness that leads to the cancer. So I'm going to, so what? First thing, epigenetics. My consciousness controls my genes. If I'm not in harmony with the world, I can create any sickness with my consciousness. If I am in harmony with the world, I can be healthy no matter what. Okay, number two, that the cells live in a community and the garden is a community and humans are part of the garden and we are part of the community except what we're looking at what we're doing to the garden and you realize, oh my God, we're destroying the garden. I go, yeah, but you are the garden. Oh, then we have to learn to live in harmony with this place. And then number three, the third one. Hmm. I'm not in here. I'm a spirit. And I play through here and I can't die. And my spirit came here to do what? Create. And I go, Oh my God, you don't die and go to heaven. You were born here. This is heaven. And you go and look up, but it doesn't look like heaven. All the war and all the violence. I go, that's people creating this and you're a participant in it. And you can get out of it. Mm. And I say, most of you have already gotten out of it. And there was a point where you changed your life so dramatic in 24 hours. It's time for you to re go back and think about it. And I said, when was that? I said, when you fell in love with somebody. I go, what do you mean? Well, your life could have been blah, 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 blah. And then you meet this person and you fall in love. 24 hours later, your life is, oh, life is so beautiful. Everything is so wonderful. I love my life. I go, what the hell happened? Blah, blah, blah. 24 hours later, you're like, Oh, life is honeymoon. Life is heaven on earth. I go, you know why? Science has recognized it. Every hmm. day, 95% of your life is coming from the program. But the day you fall in love, you stop thinking and you stay what is called present. You stay what is called being mindful. You stop thinking. I say, what does that mean? Well, if you stay present, then you don't bring the program up. So when you fell in love, you stop playing the program the first time in your life. I said, what was the result? Just 24 hours, and you had a whole different life experience. Unfortunately, the program's going to show back up again, and that's going to destroy your relationship, and that's why 50% of marriages fail, because the program never played during what we call the honeymoon. That's why you created the honeymoon. Why? <laughs> you weren't playing a program. You were absolutely using your conscious, creative mind to manifest a love experience. And when you manifest that love experience, the planet turned into heaven on earth. I go, it's always there? Yeah, it's always there. It's mm -hmm. that damn program, that damn program that keeps showing up and pushes you out of the garden. Mm -hmm. And when you understand it, you can have the honeymoon every day for the rest of your life. With the knowledge I downloaded that the cells taught me, I have been living heaven on earth for 28 years in a row so far. I'm not finished yet. But <laughs> 28 years of what? The world is crazy. It's not in my world. I wake up in my version of heaven. I'm in the middle of all the crazy. Mm -hmm. But I'm not I'm not taking the crazy in. As mm -hmm. I said to Shai before we get on, just the last thing, I, you know, I didn't shut up yet, Shai, but I will right now. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, what I said to Shai is, we know what a hurricane is, a storm that spins, a spinning storm. And it's got all those winds that blow everything all apart and everything's crazy. But you know, in the center of the hurricane, there's something called the eye of the hurricane. I go, what is it? No wind. The wind is on the outside. And I say, so what's the point? Well, if you're in the eye of the hurricane, you're not affected by the winds. I go, when you understand what Shai's mission is, is to give you the awareness to do what? Live in the eye of the hurricane. Because that's where the calm is. Well, all around you, crazy worlds going on all around you. And you can create in the eye of that hurricane. And what do you want to create? Heaven on earth. And I go, well, that's it. Fall in love with yourself and fall in love with the world. And the next thing you know is you're in the heaven on earth life. I'm sorry I went on and on, Shai. I know you have 20 more questions, actually five more questions, but <laughs> I, I I just wanted to run with it, and I did. Sorry, but we have time. Well, you're, you're, you're certainly embodying this the, the, the honeymoon effect. 
<laughs> There's no question about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, the choice is that you want to live the honeymoon, or you want to live the other one. I go, oh, that's not a choice. I know exactly which one I want, mm -hmm. and I'm doing it. But you have yeah. to recognize you have been programmed. Everybody out there has been programmed. Why? That's the human brain. The only way it works is first you program it. And mm. I say, are you living your life or you're living the program? And I'll tell you simply this. If you're living heaven on earth, you're living your life. If you're in the middle of a chaos and, oh, my God, all this stuff is crazy and all that, you're living outside of that garden. Yes, yes, yes. Well, so that, that, that's that's absolutely splendid. So so you, uh, if to say, to summarize, you, you've given me so far two major reasons for feeling awe. One is, is this kind of striking realization that I cannot die, right? Yeah. And the other one is that is that I am the creator. And you're saying that, that uh, these two uh, uh, reasons are actually interlinked, right? That, that, 100%, 100%. In, in what sense are they interlinked? Can you talk about it? Because I already understand that, that I'm as a spirit I can create. Yes. Well, that's the whole idea. Hmm. The, the point is, and the physics, as I said, the most valid science also recognizes spirituality because it also says everything is energy and spirit is a form of energy. And so the new science recognizes spirituality. And it also recognizes a simple fact. Your consciousness and your spirit are the elements of creation. But the problem is the programming gets in the way. You mm. went to school. You got your program from your parents. You got the program from the government. And everybody's giving you a program. And I go, they're not here to help you. They're here to help themselves. You know, this is the point. Uh, how come in this world today... 1% of the whole population has the money and 99% are striving to get the money. I go, they're not living in harmony. They're not living in the garden. They're not living in evolution, which is community. I have 50 trillion cells in my body. A cell is the living entity. You look in the mirror and say, oh, there's Bruce looking back or there's Shy looking back. I go, we look at that as a single entity. And I go, no. A body is made out of 50 trillion cells. The cells are miniature people. They have the same jobs and desires and needs as you have. As a matter of fact, your needs are to satisfy the cells. Breathing, eating, <laughs> taking care of yourself. That's to protect your cells. Cells are miniature people. So let me give you a simple story. Health is when 50 trillion cells are living in harmony. Disease is when 50 trillion cells are living in disharmony. Mm. And I said, well, who's creating the harmony and disharmony? I say, the government of your body? Yeah, the government. I go, who is that? The mind. Mm. Mm. The mind is telling the cells, hey, here's what life's all about. <laughs> and if the mind has a misunderstanding, then it's just told 50 trillion cells something that was wrong. And then you try to figure out how come I'm not well? And I go, because... The mind, which is programmed by others, it's not you completely uh, unless you stop thinking. If you stop thinking, then you are the creator. Did you create a honeymoon at any time in your life? Was there a point where everything was blah, 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 and then the next day was like, oh, I'm so in love. I said, what did you do in 24 hours? I said, you stopped playing the program. That's all it took. Stop playing the damn program, and then you become the full creator. Mm. Otherwise, the program is creating. So, so, so you're saying that that you've been living uh, this way uh, for 28 years. Yeah, and I'm I'm compelled to to ask this question. I think this is a uh, this is uh, uh, obvious of me to ask. Uh, how do I make the choice, this conscious choice, to live in the garden? What what is what is the first step that that, that I should take? after hearing this uh, inspiring uh, transmission? <laughs> there, well, there's two things. One of them is very difficult, but that was the one that made the honeymoon, mm. and that is stop thinking. Stay present. Mm. 
think present means you're, I'm keeping my attention right here. Oh, here's this new person in my life. Mm -hmm. I'm so connected with them. I'm so connected. I'm not thinking. I'm just enjoying this. Mm -hmm. But that is very difficult to do in a world that requires thinking to get through the world. So then the only other thing you can do is look at your programs because you're running programs. You're not running your life. And I say, some of the programs are good and some are bad. I say, how do I know the program? And I go, cool. You know why? You were being programmed before you were born. Can you tell me what program you got? No. You were programmed a whole year from zero to one. Very important programming. Can you tell me what the pro? No, I can't tell you. Those. I don't know those. Pro you were programmed from one to two. Another whole year. Basic programming. Tell me what, what the pro. No, I can't tell you. I don't remember. You weren't there. So here's the first problem. You can't tell me your program because you have no memory of your program. Okay. So I said, well, how will I know? And I, here's the fun part. 95% of your life is coming from the program. Your life is a printout of your program. You want to know what your programs are? Look at your life right now and recognize this. The things that you like that come into your life, they come into your life because you have programs to support those things. But, and this is the one, pay attention, folks. The things that you desire, but you have to struggle, work hard, put a lot of effort into it, sweat over it. I'm going to make, I'm working. I'm going to make it happen. I'm working real hard. I go, <laughs> why are you working so hard? And the answer, you ready? Whatever that destination is, whether it's health, relationship, job, I don't care. And you're working hard to get there is because your programs do not support that. And that's why you are struggling. You want to override the program. But I go, that's a real difficult thing to do. The program is working 95% of the time. And the subconscious computer is a million times more powerful than the conscious creator. I go, this is really difficult. But guess what you can do? You can rewrite the program. Ah, that's the secret. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, uh, the, once I, uh, I started to recognize that my dysfunctional relationship was programming that was bad, I changed that programming. And I changed that programming, and guess what? And then I met my partner, Margaret. We've been in the honeymoon for 28 years. <laughs> and I go, but why does the honeymoon fail for most people? Because you start the honeymoon without program. Because mm -hmm. you start the honeymoon being creative. Wishes and desires, and we manifested it. Then I say, but down the road, you start thinking. So what? Those programs, you never played them in the relationship. You never played the programs because you stopped playing the programs. I said, then what? Well, once you start thinking, the programs show up. But the behavior in the programs are not good. 60% of them are, are, are self-sabotaging, disempowering, or limiting beliefs. You start playing those programs, all that negative stuff shows up. Your partner has never seen this negative stuff. Why? Because in your honeymoon, nobody played programs. But now the programs show up and they're not good. And then the relationship starts turning into arguments. And the thing doesn't work anymore. Because why? The subconscious was never part of the honeymoon. Mm. Mm. And then once it starts, if there are negative programs, then they start showing up and then all of a sudden it's like, well, that was never part of the honeymoon. I go, yep, and when the honeymoon is lost because of all those bad programs, the relationships are broken and gone. 50% of marriages break up. I say, why? Because they got together because of the conscious creative mind manifesting heaven on earth, but they broke up because the subconscious programs with their defects and problems broke the relationship. And all of a sudden, I go, so what? I say, well, if people knew they had programs, then they'd be able to say, oh, I want to change the program. I go, oh, you can do that. Yeah, mm -hmm. there are ways to change it. But mm -hmm. if you don't even know you have a program, then how are you going to change it? You mm -hmm. don't even see your program. Mm -hmm. I let one last story here on this one, because I this is a, I, I've been telling the story for 40 years, so I got to tell it again, because it's always a good story. I say, <laughs> you have a friend, and you know your friend's behavior very well. And you happen to know your friend's parent. And one day you see your friend has the same behavior as the parent. So you offer this. Hey, Bill, you're just like your father. I'm 
back away from Bill. I know what Bill's going to say, and you already know it too because you were there. I say, what? What did Bill say? He said, how can you compare me to my father? I'm nothing like my father. Everybody else can see that Bill behaves like his father. Who's the one that can't see it? Bill, why not? Because mm. why is he playing his father's program? Because he's not paying attention. So when his behavior is coming from his father, mm. he's the only one that can't see it because he's thinking. Mm. Okay? And so I say, yep, yeah, that's why Bill says, I'm not like my father. And he's exactly like his father. And I go, you ready? So I need, this is the conclusion of that part coming right here. Big one. Yes. -da -da! Conclusion. We are all Bill. We're all doing what Bill does. We're playing programs 95% of the day and we don't see them. Are they good programs or bad programs? Your life is a printout. Mm -hmm. Are you living the good one or are you living the struggle one? I'll, I'll tell you which one is running it because the good life is coming from the creative conscious mind. The struggle life is coming from the programs in the subconscious. Mm. I understand. Well, that, that, that has been profoundly empowering um thank you for for this talk shy thank you for letting me talk to your audience because the people watching this show are what i would call cultural creatives these are people who are looking for a different answer to deal with life's issues today mm. and therefore i want to acknowledge the audience because those are the ones that can say well wait what if i change i go yeah what if you changed i say what if you live honeymoon every day of your life yes then you would realize the simple truth you were born into heaven the creative place and when you die you'll have a memory of heaven but while you're here why don't you make it heaven because hmm. program got in the way get that program out of there and you're gonna have heaven every day Yes, 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 yes. I think uh, this has never been that clear. Yes. <laughs> so uh, I'm so grateful for for being with you today. As I said, I'm honored to have uh, been given this opportunity by you to talk to your community. Because as I said, these are the people that will make change. Mm. And this is what we're looking for. Yes, yes. Thank you for joining us on this adventure of rediscovering the lost sense of wonderment. We hope that this project has opened your eyes to the miracle of life and helped you see the world in a new light. Remember, awe is not just a fleeting feeling, but a powerful force that can transform our lives and our relationship with the planet. We encourage you to continue exploring the diverse range of awe experiences shared by our experts and community and to contribute your own reasons for feeling awestruck. Let's work together to create a world where awe is not a rare encounter, but a way of life. Thank you for listening to 1000 Reasons for Feeling Awe.